I'm Corey Novotny. I'm Brian Wells. And you're listening to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. So uh, I was fully prepared to jump into this by talking about um, basically the first thing was me. Can you notice anything different about me? And then I found out that some type of computer problems are happening. I don't know if it's my end, your end, a combination of both, but you probably can't tell any difference between this episode and everyone we've done over the last five years. Can you? I cannot tell. Yeah. Which is super disappointing to hear because I got a new laptop on Monday. And on my end, like the video looks so much clearer than ever. And is I s- that it does look clear? Okay, I thought you meant yourself. No, oh like, no, oh, look no. Look at my new hair. <laughs> look at my new clothes. No. no, I thought you meant that. Okay, but the 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 picture quality does look better. That's yes. good. That's what's different. All right, cool. Yes. So I mean, I will say <laughs> that's a starting point of saying that this is probably worth the purchase. Uh, I didn't necessarily want to get one as. Like at the timing of this, I was hoping to be able to hold it off a little longer. So I had my old laptop for, I think it was four years and 11 months. I'm pretty sure I bought it on President's Day in 2019. And then I bought this new one on MLK Day in 2024. Um, Now, one second here. I'm going to show you why I pretty much didn't have a choice. So This is what it looks like oh it <laughs> doesn't look good <laughs> yeah so obviously this is an, an audio uh medium for everyone else it's literally falling apart like the top part is cracking off of the bottom part and it started as like a tiny little crack that happened on like the bottom piece next to the keyboard and then it turned into like the the outer shell of the screen popping off and now it's just completely like ripped apart and i'm like i i don't know that i can trust this so now you had no choice but to get yeah right especially if we're going to be doing weekly podcasts of the nfl playoffs it'd be like a terrible time like yeah hey sorry i know like the divisional round just happened but we can't record this week we're literally like that's our big thing so um yeah, I had to go out and do it. I got a really good deal on this, at least according to Best Buy. It's possible that they marked it up and marked it down. But regardless, I got a Samsung Galaxy book. I'm so excited about it. I went in being like having no idea what I was going to get, and I was just immediately drawn to this. And they were a uh, great sales pitch. You know, basically like, I'm not even trying to sell this to you. Like, this is the best thing. Like, you need this. It's great. And I was like, yeah, I think that I do, especially when I'm doing all this like audio and video recording. My laptop was fried anyway on top of just falling apart like literally so i'm excited um you know we had a little bit of a some something going on when we first hopped on here hopefully everything's okay now and you know that fixes a lot of the issues of uh of the past but yeah definitely some audio issues on both our ends uh at first but right now everything's going smoothly right and it, it definitely happens a lot i do think a lot of times it's on my end and um you know, hopefully I can take better care of this laptop that it, it doesn't end up like that. Um, so, I, yeah, I've had mine for a pretty long time, but I, I it, has, it never looked like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I know you, you've definitely talked about having it for a while. I say like five years is probably like I, I, I'm content with a laptop lasting five years. I'd like it to last a little longer. But I'm also like, you know, it's not like I had to get a new one two years later. I I saw some like 
Twitter post where a guy was like, every year I buy a new MacBook and I don't keep anything. Just start fresh on the year. I was like, why would you do that? What? <laughs> uh, it's a waste of money. Right. Although I, I go too far with it. Uh, I went from, so I have the iPhone 13. You want to know what I uh, upgraded from? Six. Six? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six to 13. What was that like two years ago when the 13 came out? Uh, yeah, I got, to, yeah, it was sometime in October, I think. Late September of uh, uh, twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah. So it was like when the yeah. the thirteen came out. You're like, all right, now it's time for me to get a new phone for the yes. first time in seven eight years. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny because I I actually had no idea. I joke all the time about people having like an iPhone five or an iPhone six when they really have like an eight or a nine. But it's like at that point, you know, if I you're really single digits. A, yeah, I really had a six. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. At least you had like the the newer like charging cable and you know everything else. It wasn't like you were like, hey, does anyone have this charger from 2012 still? <laughs> uh, yeah. Not. Not too many differences, or at least negative ones. Mm-hmm. What's annoying is that uh, for me to listen to my music, I needed like a different kind of wire. Oh yeah, because you can't plug it in. It doesn't have like the old. You can't plug. Cord. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So that's the only annoying thing. But other than that, everything is nicer about it. Just get AirPods. I know. I, sh- I sh- <laughs> That's another thing I need to upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I got them. I got seventeen headphones, but I don't have any AirPods. See, I got AirPods. <laughs> solely for running outside when I wanted to wear long sleeve because it was colder and I didn't want to have to worry about like trying to figure out how to run like headphones through. Yeah. Um, when when I, you're a when marathon I was in runner. Hawaii. Like the- yeah. When I, when I was in Hawaii, I listened to you in uh, Ben's episode <laughs> without any headphones. Oh, really? <laughs> Just me four in the morning uh, blasting it. Yeah. Uh, Just down your guys' takes. On the beach. Uh, while I'm, no, I wasn't on the beach because it was when I listened to your guys' episode. It was like four in the morning. So you needed street lights. Pitch, pitch dark. Yeah, yeah street lights. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Running through the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Just through some random neighborhoods, getting getting yep. takes on random uh, neighborhoods. Yeah. Just hearing hearing takes. Nice, nice. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, this is my my thing here. A new laptop. Um, and you know excited to talk about this uh some new beginnings and we'll we'll jump into it before we get into the nfl playoffs end of an era in new england phil belichick like i don't know about 12 hours after i told you that let's talk about jobs that are opening um announced that <laughs> and it just opens up yeah, right, they, they're parting ways. and then closes yeah. 12 hours later yeah right too. with gerard mayo so i mean we can talk about everything in its entirety i'll kind of leave it up to you you know how much you want to reminisce on belichick versus just talk about the the future and the excitement of uh you know at least the possibilities with a new head coach coming in yeah i won't go too much into it uh, I don't. Want, I don't want to waste uh, your time, Corey, <laughs> about reminiscing about old times about the Patriots for a half hour and you just hating on it, uh, rightfully so, though. But uh, being a Steelers fan, but yeah, it definitely sucks. And look, it's really easy to uh, look at recency bias, especially after Brady left and how these past four years have gone with Bill Belichick. But uh, I, I don't take away too much from what he did the previous 20 years I still view him as the greatest coach of all time and did many great things as the Patriots head coach and yeah like that it's it's definitely a part of your childhood kind of dies yeah oh yeah I mean with those news I mean I'd be the same way like literally like Belichick has been the head coach of the Patriots ever since I became a football fan what 
Oh, I thought you were celebrating something. <laughs> Freaking spam calls. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh. <laughs> as I as I wanted to talk about the Patriots for in a in a positive way for one last time, a spam call. Yeah, just right. Perfect time. Ring. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, uh, I it was the right time to move on though, even though. Uh, a lot of great seasons with Bill Belichick as the head coach. It was definitely time to move on. And when it comes to the hire that they've made with Gerard Mayo, I'm totally fine with it. Yes, you can question the process of and I, I definitely question the process. Like, if, if anything, yeah, that, that's what I would question. Yeah, they certainly could have taken their time and looked at other options like Mike Vrabel or Jim Harbaugh, whoever else is out there, but... I'm fine with Gerard Mayo as the head coach. Uh, it, it seems like they wanted to keep him and make sure he didn't go to Carolina or whatever other jobs that um, you know interested. Yeah, I mean, they, him they literally sure wrote in he... his contract, so there's no doubt that they were interested in, in doing this, especially with how quickly it played out. And and they drafted him tenth overall. That's the highest pick. <laughs> well, it was actually Richard Seymour uh, during Bill Belichick's tenure as the highest pick, but. Jerome Mayo was the 10th overall pick in the draft that he went in. And uh, even though injuries derailed his career a little bit, he was definitely a well, uh, very much liked Patriot uh, during his entire tenure as not just a player, but even an assistant coach and now the head coach. And yes, you can, I think that's the biggest thing is questioning the process and, you know, the fact that he's never been a head coach. And so there's definitely, he definitely has less experience being a head coach compared to someone like Vrabel or or Harbaugh or whomever. Sure, yeah. I mean, there there's certainly other guys out there that would have been intriguing and at least take a look at. I think so. I coming from this as a Steelers fan, it's like I hate the idea of just promoting a guy without looking at anyone else because the Steelers do that all the time. That's how you end up with Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator. And among others, I mean, same thing with Randy Feekner, uh, Keith Butler. Like it was just always going down the line, just, you know, next man up. So I understand like from that perspective, it, it's different in this case, you know, has worked into his contract, whatever. I think the bigger concern would be the fact that a head coach was hired prior to a general manager, because usually it's the other way around. And I think that's something that maybe there'd be con- some, some concern there, because my assumption is they're not just going to let Gerard Mayo run the you know, personnel as well. I know Belichick's been doing that for years, but you got to bring in a new GM. Like that's the whole idea here is you need to completely, you know, revamp the process. See, that's the part I don't like. Uh, I'm totally fine with Gerard Mayo as the head coach, even if you can certainly question the process and his inexperience and the fact that there are arguably, maybe not even arguably, definitely better options out there like a Mike Vrabel. But the GM, I I feel like he, you got to find someone that Mayo would trust right. or would want as someone that, yeah, he could trust as someone that can make football decisions uh, on the roster. And then you want, well, you also want it to be someone, you know, the general manager trusts Mayo. Now it's like you're locked that into too. this coach. And, you know, it's, it's something that it, it does feel like if things don't go great, it's only going to be a matter of time that, you know, the GM would be like, no, I want my own head coach, or maybe they both lose their jobs. And I think that's a big risk that, comes on on both sides of it so um definitely something that'll be interesting to see how that piece of it plays out and uh you know i i guess that it's i i don't think matt grow has done that great of a job so far uh as you know being the patriots 
whatever. I don't even know what you call title, him right yeah. now. Whatever, whatever his title is, but maybe soon to be general manager. Right. Yeah. I mean, it might be. It might just be. You know, keeping everything in house. You just get rid of Belichick, but then you you promote. And, and his... maybe Kraft has more say uh, on the roster now. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Just. I mean, I... <laughs> either Robert or Jonathan. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not normal for you know owners to get too involved in that in that regard but i think it's just the sense that you know belichick has had more or less complete control you know obviously there have been guys that have helped him out from like a gm perspective obviously he has assistant coaches who have to you know be part of the game plan and everything but now you're basically taking his top assistant coach and his top assistant gm if if that were to be the direction they take and then just saying you're the new bill belichick the two of you together have fun so which might not be the worst yeah. approach in terms of the hiring, but then it also goes back to like hiring a head coach 12 hours after firing the last guy and before hiring a GM. So, and I can only imagine what the the head coaching staff besides Mayo is going to look like. Like what 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 are the coordinators going to look like and other assistant head uh, assistant coaches cuz let's say Belichick does find another job, right? He's His kids are probably are probably going to want to join him and not just stay on the Patriots. They've been offered too. to stay. I don't know if you saw. I know, that. Yeah, but that's yeah. maybe maybe if uh, if Belichick doesn't find a job, then maybe you want to do their kids a solid. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you by making him stay? Yeah, I guess maybe that's part of it. It's also like if Belichick doesn't find a job, I think it's more if a, if Belichick doesn't you know find a job that he wants. Like <laughs> the right. Atlanta Falcons right. interviewed Bill Belichick, <laughs> just like. I think that's so crazy. Yeah, it, right. It's so it's so odd. Like when I hear that he's interviewed for the head coaching job for the Atlanta for the Atlanta Falcons, I'm thinking to myself, Atlanta really? But it's like Tom Brady to go to Tampa. I know, right? So uh, I, and when that happened, I was like, Tampa, Tampa, really? Brady there, and it did happen. So I don't think it's impossible. Maybe, maybe he interviewed there because one, they're a team that's obviously interested in him, but two, if he it's kind of like a plan B if, if uh, other teams don't work out, I don't, I don't know what he's interested in, but I can't imagine Atlanta is plan A. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think that's, that's fair to presume. (laughs) I mean, there's certainly, I'm just guessing. Yeah. It just seems odd that that would be his first choice. No, it's, it's crazy to even think about. And it, uh, it is, it's funny also just the idea of, Arthur Blank and just interviewing Bill Belichick. <laughs> did did he interview Bill or did right. Bill interview them? Yeah, like tell us about a time you face adversity in the workforce. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. I saw all those. I saw uh, all those questions. Yeah, how'd you overcome it? Yeah, just curious. <laughs> to me, the interview should be name a t- yeah name a time. Yeah, what will it take for you to adversity. coach us? Like, please save us. <laughs> like, we just went through Arthur Smith for three years, <laughs> which you can also wonder like what a Belichick scenario would be like for some of you know these other teams like you know the the whole idea of Belichick without Tom Brady is being questioned is Atlanta really a spot you want to go like Desmond Ritter Taylor Heineke maybe Justin Fields like you know I I think there are other jobs where Uh, maybe Belichick be all about it because you have a quarterback that stinks yeah right just the (laughs) idea of like let's have fun here and see what happens just just build just build up the defense and then not give a shit at quarterback that's that's up Belichick's wheelhouse right yeah all he has to do is win eight games the next two years and he breaks Don Shula's record in 2025 and then yeah so if that's the goal if that's the if that's the main goal is to just beat Don Shula's record not really 
care if you win another ring or not and have more success without Brady and just have mediocre uh, level of success without him still. Maybe <laughs> maybe Atlanta is the right place to go, especially in that division too. Right? Yeah, I know they say they they do have a playoff winner this year, but you know, 9 and 8 winning the division uh definitely feels like a spot where you don't need to improve a ton to be able to take over. Um and you know, like you said at that point so it's if just that's, getting to if that's the goal, yeah, or whatever number. If that's is. the If that's the goal is just two more years, just try to break Don Shula's record then I guess yeah, that's fine. It's not the worst it's spot a, to try to do that. Yeah, it is not. But, uh, but I mean, if the goal it's is, just, it's just not fun. Yeah, it, it, right. I want to see him in more intriguing spots like Dallas, like Philly, if those head coaching jobs are available. So, but I mean, do you want to so talk far, about why they might become available, or do you want to hold off on uh, those? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, no, sure. Let's, let's jump let's, into uh, it. All right, let's yeah. Jump into that. I mean, yeah. I would say it feels like. It's just a natural progression, and and we're also recording this later than we expected. You know, by the time you're hearing this, the divisional rounds to be starting in two days or less. So, you know, looking back on the Saturday wildcard games, I don't think is as important at this point. Let's talk about the juiciest headlines, the the wildest things. <laughs> Cowboys eight and zero at home, two seed taking on Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, and that was. It's not astonishing by any means that the Cowboys lost no. the playoff game, but the fact that they lost, they were down 48 to 16, 27 to nothing to begin with. It's just, I, I couldn't wrap my head around what was happening in that game. Just how horrific things were. That that's the surprising part is not that they lost. God, I, I picked I them to you, lose anyway. Yeah, I know you picked them to <laughs> lose of. after picking them to win at first. So it's like yeah, obviously I was just, you were like, not I, I, I want, to blow like, uh, yeah, win. I'll pick Dallas, but then I was like, no, fuck it, give me. Green Bay, yeah. they'll find a way to blow it, and they did. Um, yeah, there's a reason why I gave the most wishy-washy answer on like who's the biggest threat to the Niners yeah, because like it should be Dallas, but it's not because this is what they do right. in the playoffs every single year. Yep, they hadn't lost a home game since September 11th of the year before, yeah. 2022. Right. First Tampa, I remember that. I remember that game. I remember yeah, was that week was one, uh, opening a night. huge overreaction right. on my part. Especially oh, just how I'm terrible like, oh, they were. This season's over right. for them. I know with Dak Prescott <laughs> getting hurt too. Yeah, and scoring three points. Yeah, I'm like, wow, their their year's done. Yep, uh, <laughs> sixteen straight home wins, and then to lose, and then they just lose in the playoffs immediately. Yeah, and that's just yeah. Um, are are we surprised by the way they lost losing? Being down twenty-seven to nothing uh, at one point, and then in forty-eight to sixteen, yes, that part was surprising. But are we, should we be surprised that they lost? No. Again in a pitiful game? No. No. Absolutely not. Right. That's just what they do in the playoffs. They, they play tight. They're not ready for the big moments in big big playoff games. Especially Dak Prescott, he sucked in that game. Him and CD Lamb were just never on the same page. They were on the same planet. No, no. <laughs> CD Lamb is just you know nothing could work with that. Um, it, uh, Jake Ferguson had himself a nice little little afternoon with three touchdowns, and Dak Prescott. It's such a funny stat: four hundred yeah. yards passing in this game. And he just yeah, look at the stats; it's great, but all garbage time. Yeah, so it, it reminded me of the twenty twenty like playoffs the Steelers Browns when the Steelers went down 28 to nothing and Big Ben still threw for 500 yep. yards in the game but you know it didn't yep. factor like, in wow. the yeah it <laughs> was like all these numbers, very similar but... yeah similar stat lines like just you know <laughs> had to, pu- had to put up reach. had to put up like four touchdowns just to 
still lose by double digits. Right, right. I mean, it was, it was and, this is yeah, very that, similar that's a very performance good com- by Dak Prescott here. Yeah, very, very, very similar performance. Uh, but yeah, just that's just what the Cowboys do. You'd think, and they did look better in the regular season than previous years, but it's just wow. They had they had all these wins. They're the I think they're the first team to win the 12, 12 games consecutive years and three consecutive years and not make the championship uh, conference championship game. I saw a stat like that. It was. I mean, it sounds it like only Dallas. Yeah, say I mean, there's probably only so many teams <laughs> yeah. who have won twelve plus games three years in a row. So, you know, the 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 field is pretty limited there, and you got to think at least one time you're going to make it to just the semifinals, not even the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's yeah, they're they're the gift that. Keeps keeps on giving them and the Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I mean, they they are the the Maple Leafs of the NFL. So, uh, and like they still haven't made a move. And it, I I get that the regular season has been so great. Like especially this year, you know, the offense took the next level. Dak Prescott was in the MVP com- consideration, but yeah, I don't know how you can how Jerry Jones can just sit here and not do anything when it comes to Mike McCarthy. And yeah, all the. The regular season, they did look better, and I don't think Dak has ever been closer to an MVP type season than he did this past season. Right, it, he was still in the MVP conversation before the Miami game, which was Week 16. Mm-hmm. He was probably he was arguably the favorite. Him and Purdy were the top two at that point, I think. Yeah, and, and so, you know Lamar kind of stole the show, on and Christmas then Lamar Night, obviously but, stole stole the uh, show <laughs> uh, later on. But but yeah, like they they definitely had looked better in the regular season than past years, but to f- the fact that they still had the exact same result of just choking in the playoffs, I don't know how you don't move on from Mike McCarthy. And look, I, when it comes to Belichick, yes, you can question what, what kind of coach he is now and how effective he would be, uh, but that's him and Dallas intrigue me for sure. Absolutely. And and I don't think, you, I'm not saying that they would go all the way, but I'd like to believe that, what we saw on Sunday wouldn't happen where a collapse like that. Right. I like he'd keep the defense more in check uh-huh. and uh and and not ca- you know have too many penalties and give up all those yards and uh points that they did. I right. like I'd like to believe that. Right. It's easy to hate on Dak in the offense. Was it the defense just leaving guys wide open? It it was crazy to me like that the defense yeah, Jor- was that awful. It's going to sound like I'm taking Credit away from Jordan Love because Jordan Love was he, he balled was out awesome. in this game. He, yeah, it was he, 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 awesome he did. performance. He, he, yeah, he he's I'm 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 happy for him that uh you know the fact that his first three years he didn't start a course he only had one start and didn't look great in it. It's like is this guy gonna have a career in the NFL? And at first in the beginning of the season look he looked great and then there were moments where he didn't. But now I think there's enough big of a sample size where. You could trust him to be your next quarterback. Yep. Now I agree. With that being said, though, a lot, as well as he played, there were guys that were just wide. That Luke Musgrave touchdown was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. The, I didn't. There wasn't a guy within twenty yards of the guy. It's just <laughs> crazy for how that happened. I mean, this is one of, if not, and I say if not, they're one of the best defenses, at least in the NFC side. You can maybe make a case that you know they're. They were the best. You know, Micah Parsons in the Defensive Player of the Year category conversation, like the across the board. I mean, Deron Bland nine interceptions, like set the pick six record. This this was a great defense all throughout the regular season, and 
you know, Dan Quinn's going to be out going looking at head coach positions. I thought there was a good chance that Jerry Jones would maybe just fire McCarthy to keep Quinn around as head coach. I don't know that after this performance that you would want to bring him back either. So I think it makes perfect sense that it, you know, yeah, for I, I do too for Jerry to move on and bring in Bill Belichick at this point yeah. because. I mean, you want to talk a about te- a team that needs to win. Yeah, right. Now, absolutely. And a coach that needs to now. You want to fix. And what, I mean, the whole and, legacy and thing. Belich- yeah. With Belichick, the whole Brady. Like if you want to just any people doubting what you're capable of doing, if you want to turn those away, go win a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys, a team that has been so good for the most part and just falls flat in the playoffs for 30 years now if you can lead them to the Super Bowl I think that it would be almost impossible to to doubt him in terms of his absolute greatness I want it to happen I, I really do. do okay yeah would you root the, for him? him would him, you root for him the him same way you rooted Dallas. for Brady the same way as, I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> the same way as Brady I, would I root for him all right, this is going to sound like I'm totally contradicting myself. Okay. Would I root for him? Yes, I would root for him. But if they were to make the playoffs and then lose the way that they did, I would still kind of find that fun. Sure, if yeah. That I, makes mean, sense. The, yeah. I, I look at a glass half full no matter what. Like, Would I root for him? Yes, I, I definitely would. But if they were to have a game like they did uh, on Sunday and Belichick were there, I would I don't know. I would find it yeah, kind I mean, of it's still the Cowboys well. when it comes down to it. It's still the Cowboys, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I was... I've never rooted for the Packers like that in my life. I was going to say, you definitely have <laughs> oh, like, I was, been anti-Packers I had, for a very I don't long hate, time. I don't, I don't hate, I mean, maybe I do, but <laughs> I don't hate the Cowboys, but I find so much joy in them losing the way they do. I, Not like Stephen A. Smith joy, but yeah. I don't know. No, I, 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 I get it. I find it funny. Right. There's, com- there's, a, uh, there's some comedy to them losing. So... <laughs> I have always kind of been of the opinion that the Cowboys get too much hate because of how little overall success they have. Like, it's not like they're winning Super Bowls here and there. I mean, this team hasn't even made an NFC championship game for the last, what, 27 years now? And a lot of people our age, I mean, we were just born. Like, there's so many people who our age or younger hate the Cowboys, have never seen them win a Super Bowl. And it's just, I, I always find that kind of doesn't always make sense to me but at the same time i also understand that the cowboys are america's team all the coverage all the hype you know everyone's always talking about them and what have they accomplished so i get it from that perspective nothing you know yeah the media plays them up so much right right i mean they have a lot of fans too they do yeah right they're a huge fan base all across the country yeah i've told you the time when i went to a game with kenny and they were facing dallas at home uh, in new england and they won that over crazy overtime game, and Cowboys fans were so annoying in that <laughs> after sure, that game. Yeah. It's like it's like they were advancing to the Super Bowl. It's like a week five win yeah. for them, right? Whatever I mean, that week I think, that was. Yeah, I think it was and, week six, but yeah. And then the time we went to Vegas, me and B Mag, we were we were uh, at the sports book, and we were watching all the games on the TVs. And you see all these fans just losing their mind. All Cowboys fans. There's so many Cowboys fans standing behind us, just losing their minds. Like, what happened? What happened? This is like a normal <laughs> Cowboys like, tackle a for a down. loss. Yeah. <laughs> like a normal first down. Uh, like not even like some pick six or crazy touchdown. Just like uh-huh. normal stuff you see in any game. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, so, I Cowboys I fans it. are. Yeah. They're very prominent. They are everywhere. Right. They yeah. absolutely are. So, I I get it when it comes down to it. Um. 
But I also like my uncle is a huge Cowboys fan, so like I've always had some sort of a vested interest in this team, and it's like I never get to the point where I'm like fully bought in as a fan or anything because I'm like I already have my own team that lets me down every year. I don't need this other <laughs> team to do it so much worse. <laughs> like, uh, so I guess um you know obviously Mike McCarthy is getting a lot of heat. Dak Prescott, the Cowboys are gonna have to work on an extension with him by all accounts are going to do that and give him a ton of money. And I, I, that's another case where I kind of understand like fans being like, yeah, pay him because he's never going to win anything. And it's, it's hard to, you know, fully believe in this guy. Like if this year we talked about it, all the pressure going in and that's what you do in the playoffs. It's just, it's hard to, to look at him and say that he's not a big part of the problem on top of everything else there. Yeah. He's failed in a lot of playoff games and, it sucks because, yeah, this year, or sucks for them, <laughs> it sucks that he did have a better season than he did last year. He definitely uh, cleaned up on the turnovers outside of that Niners game on Sunday night. Uh, right, but yeah. then you see him under center, yeah, here we go, and then you throw a pick six and they freaking blow it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was a disastrous performance for him. I mean, just all around, just an awful performance for the oh, Cowboys. It was and... Both sides both yeah, sides right like not even just offensively and i would say there's probably more blame on the defense yeah right i i agree like, when it comes at least the, it. i know a lot of it was garbage time for the offense for dallas yeah but, but like, they still did stuff like the defense kept still, allowing touchdowns they still they still yeah they still did stuff and they still uh they were still trying till the end because mm-hmm. it was a two possession game yeah i know it did make it kind of interesting <laughs> it was like kind of interesting they needed right, to recover like three onside de- kicks to have a yeah, shot it, that defense did absolutely nothing, right? In that game, Aaron Jones looked great. And, oh, he did. And, yeah, was... uh, he's been he's been injured for a lot of the season, and I think the Packers played it smart with him and kept him fresh. And yeah, there you see go. What, see what he did. He's the owner. Worth he's the owner of Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> he had that four touchdown game uh, uh, the regular season years years ago, and then uh, three touchdowns again. Right. Uh, yeah. So he ran the ball great. Yeah. The, yeah, so good for Green Bay. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, and the Packers, like, at this point, you know, you're a seven seed. You pulled off the one upset. You know, that's more than anyone expected, this whole idea of a rebuilding season and to, to come out and get a playoff win. But I don't know that you can completely overlook them and say, oh, they can't do it in San Francisco. I know, I mean, the Niners are a great team, but the way that the Packers are playing right now, like, I don't just overlook them and say, yeah, well, the Niners just have a free berth to the NFC Championship game. I think that I'm, I'm really excited to see how that plays out. And I, I'm curious to see if, how Jordan Love can continue to play because he's been playing so well recently. Yeah, I'm curious how it'll go because... Okay, yeah, Jordan Love did play awesome versus the Cowboys. Part of that is because he's definitely gotten better as the season has gone on, and I think Matt LaFleur has done a good job of of handling their offense. Uh, they def- he definitely out out coached and out game planned Mike McCarthy. There's no yeah, doubt yeah, about no that. Doubt. That's not 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 debatable. But yeah, I'm curious how it'll look against them. Much better coach team, much better defense. Obviously, my guess is that it won't be he won't be able to have that same success. But at the same time, like you said, I don't think he can totally count it as a free square or just a right. fr- you know free. Yeah, just I, yeah, I dismiss. I don't think. Yeah, right. Like another. I don't, I'm not gonna be totally dismissive of Green Bay, even though I do strongly believe that the Niners should still win the game. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers was great against Dallas and obviously not great against San Francisco. So Jordan Love. That'd be, that'd be so funny. Yeah. Has, Brett Favre, too. Add him to that list. True. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Jordan Love certainly I don't, I think has it was a good him, opportunity. He was never good against Dallas. Aaron Rodgers was never good against San Francisco. <laughs> and then we just watched Jordan Love beat both of them. That'd be something. Right. Yeah, it would be incredible, you know, for his his first year as a starting quarterback to to beat both of them in the same playoffs. So, um, you know, I think as bad as things were in Dallas, uh, things weren't really any better for their division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, that team started ten and one. You know, things <laughs> look great. Just... I've never. It's like twenty eleven Red Sox, <laughs> all that talent, and and. You're, they're they're doing well and most for the large majority of the season, and then just completely <laughs> fall apart. It is one of the, the biggest collapses so of the season. Yeah, one of the biggest collapses that I can remember seeing. Uh, this team losing six of seven, getting blown out in this last game. Yeah, by the I, can't, I can't. I couldn't think of. One. I had to think of a baseball example right. because I couldn't think of a football one in terms of that big of a collapse. From yeah, like you said, ten and one, and were they? Did they play like a ten and one team? No. Not really. Yes, there were definitely signs like, all right, like the the secondary is not looking great, but they're finding ways to win, even though they're probably didn't deserve to be ten and one. They were still a good, really good right, team. Yeah, they, they still were, have a ton they of still talent. Still deserve to be. They still had a ton of talent. They still deserve to be in the conversation for the one seed and all that. But so yes, they came back down to earth after a couple of those bad losses versus San Francisco and Dallas. But to just keep losing, losing to Drew Locke, losing to the Cardinals and the Giants, it's like, wow, this is like they they completely fall fell apart at the end of this season. And um, there's definitely some collective blame pie chart we can go around with, like uh, you know Jalen Hurts. He definitely didn't didn't play his best um, football in the month of December and on. And I think part of that is because of injuries. Uh, he, yeah. Even when they were winning, he didn't look he didn't look right. right. I, think I think part of that has to do with that. I think part of it has to do with the fact, hey, maybe maybe Nick Bosa was right and on how to beat Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to that as well. Um, so that his health, the O line didn't play as well because, I mean, they they were the best. They've been the best O line for several years right. now. And, um. It seems like they weren't pl- playing up to their standard. No, there's some weight. attrition. Uh, you know, lost Isaac Samalu in free agency. Lane Johnson was dealing yeah. with injuries. Jason Kelsey. Now Jason yeah. Kelsey is now going to retire. Right. And and then AJ Brown got hurt, of course, and Devontae was too. And so so health has to do, has some to do with it. Yeah, of course. But, but I think the you know losing the coordinators Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, you you took those losses more seriously than I did, and uh, I didn't really totally think that was going to hurt them uh, as much, but obviously that caught on, especially having Matt Patricia as their D coordinator. And if I were to, if I were to pick one person as the person to blame the most, I'll fully admit I lean too, I lean too much towards supporting the players and hating on the coaches, but I think Nick Sirianni is a clown. <laughs> I, I do. I just like seeing those videos of him against the Chiefs, especially. Oh like, yeah. Uh, there's that viral video of him mocking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, yep. and then Jalen Hurts has the say what you want about Jalen Hurts, but I I think 
the 25-year-old quarterback is more mature than the 42-year-old head coach <laughs> that's mocking the Chiefs in the middle of a Super Bowl. And and then also after a Monday Night Football right, in game. The tunnel. And, yeah. In the tunnel. Uh, like, that dude's a clown. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And we, we remember at his opening press conference, it was a disaster. Like the And yeah. it was something that everyone is easy to hate on him. But the Eagles are much better than expected in 2021. You know, they had yeah. that, you know, things fell apart in at the end of that season. And they still made the playoffs. And, of course, going to the Super Bowl. And I, I get it. Like, Sirianni just took a team to the Super Bowl. But the way that things ended, I don't know how he can keep his job either. And like I wouldn't. I would I, I would fire both those guys if I'm the owners. Yeah. If I had the decision, I'm shocked to fire that they haven't yet. Or keep like it's. I can't. Bl- it's been two it, to three days now, and they both still have their jobs. I I don't get it. Like I, at this point, how can you continue to employ these two guys given how much expectation you had coming into the season, coming into the playoffs, and to just get absolutely destroyed and embarrassed? Both of these cases. Like, I, it's not like part of me wanted to ask a question. I was like, oh, what was more embarrassing? Who should be more concerned? Like, that's not what this is about. Both of these teams had epic failures and are just absolute disasters right now. And it has to fall on the coaching staff. That's ultimately, yeah. you know, going up to the head coaches. It's not just to me like, oh, just hire a new Shane Sykin and Jonathan Gannon because he couldn't do that. He brought in Brian Johnson or he promoted Brian Johnson, brought in Sean, Sean aside, Matt Patricia. They all sucked. All right, so now it's on Sirianni. Got to get rid of him if this Eagles team is going to get back to the point where I'm going to start believing in them as a, a Super Bowl contender again because I don't think it's a player's roster issue. You talk yeah, about injuries, brought, but it's on coaching. I brought this up last week, and I'll bring it up again. A.J. Brown had to hold a player's meeting, a player's only meeting, and sing. we got to believe in each other. we got to... We got to start believing in the coaches. <laughs> and, of course, that's it means that that they don't believe in them at all. Right. And and that that's a, a as big of a sign as you can get uh in terms of what if you should keep or not keep them. I think that should absolutely especially just the way they looked, especially in that Tampa game making getting shredded by Baker Mayfield. It was and, embarrassing and, tackling Their, their offense was like, doing nothing no. for the past couple of weeks and it's like okay, great Tampa's yeah, they they look great offensively in that game, but I look. Yeah, it's it's probably taking too much credit away from Baker and you know the the bounce back season that he's had. But I put that way more on Philly. There were a lot. See, yeah, Philly is Philly. Yes, they were ten and one, and everything fell apart from top to bottom. But all year, even when they were ten and one, all year their secondary sucked. Yeah, from start to finish, but especially James Bradbury. He ever since right. that holding call, he's been trash. Yeah, he was uh, terrible. I mean, they they could not replace their safeties. They could not replace their linebackers. This team and lost. They tried a lot. to. They too. tried to. I know they tried to bring in Kevin Byard. He was just nothing. Just did not do anything for this team. That just... that that touchdown. I think it was David Moore. Yeah, that David Moore. T- that uh-huh. was embarrassing. That was just right. such bad tackling. It's just it was crazy crazy just seeing that happen and just you know have this team just from start to finish and I don't want to take too much credit away from Baker Mayfield because the fact that he had Tampa in this position I think exceeded so many people's expectations and he still had to make throws I know a lot of those 337 yards were yak but you ask yourself how come Tampa is having more success this season with Baker Mayfield than last season with Tom Brady and I think it's a lot of that has to do with the fact that the quarterback is more invested than Tom Tom Brady's right. last year. Right. Of no, course, I, his I first year yeah. 
yeah, he's one hundred percent invested, uh, wants to prove his team wrong, and goes out and wins the Super Bowl. But in that last year with Tampa, he was not totally invested. He had all those, you know, the off the field stuff with uh, his divorce and other things, other personal stuff. I mean, you had the whole so, Miami situation, like how that all right. blew up. Or- so, so Brady wasn't fully invested in in football anymore, and and Baker, it's the opposite, where the guys fighting to have a job in the NFL, a yeah, starting job in the NFL, right. where you see him in Carolina and then it doesn't work out there and then you see him on the Rams and he has some success, but it's not like the Rams were doing much that year anyway. And then, so he comes to Tampa and he's kind of, even though he's the number one overall pick and everything, he's really fighting for to stay in the NFL and uh, with a starting job, a uh, uh, starting quarterback job in the NFL. And so the more invested quarterback... So, yeah, I don't want to take too much away from Tampa either. But I, I just look at that game and the way that played out, especially the deficit, like that that's all that's that's way more has way more to do with Philly. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that both statements can be true. That, you know, Baker Mayfield yeah. did a lot. You know, he played a, a great game in this one. The Bucks overall, I mean, defensively as well, you can't overlook that. You know, Todd Bowles was certainly on the hot seat. Like there were reports of Belichick doing the same thing as Brady and going to Tampa. You know, I think that this this performance at least buys Todd Bowles another season because, I mean, yep. he's a great defensive coordinator. He's a great defensive coach. And, you know, we'll see what happens if Dave Canales, their offensive coordinator, leaves. You know, if something doesn't go right with Baker, if, you know. The, the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, with, right. With Wilson, uh, making, uh, helping Wilson. Not that he was the reason or anything, but uh, Wilson had great stats when he was their quarterback's coach and. And then Gino last year, and and now Baker this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> maybe he has, some of that success has to do with him too. Right. I I think that that would certainly be a big loss if he were to leave there. But uh, for now, I mean, Tam- Tampa looks <laughs> it's great for them going on to the divisional round. Um, but yes, Philly just absolute disaster. So if you include the playoff game, Philly started ten and one, finished eleven and seven. They had a point differential of minus eighteen, which is easily the lowest end of year point differential for a team that started ten and one. Just an absolute collapse, and something that I I didn't see coming. You know, as someone who had doubts of Philly, it's it's hard to even try to convince yourself, like, oh yeah, like this is a team that's just going to lose six of seven down the stretch, lose to teams that didn't even want to win because it hurt their draft position, and then get blown out by Tampa in the wild card round. Oh yeah, like I, even when they were ten and one, I still believed that. All right, like there are definitely some losses coming their way, just because it didn't seem sustainable to, even though they were ten and one, uh, there were definitely some games where it definitely could not have gone there. But the the Buffalo game, especially it oh, took yeah, Jake right. Elliott in, uh-huh. in the rain to hit a 59-yard field goal, <laughs> like that could have easily gone Buffalo's way. And so there are definitely examples of uh, the Eagles' definitely fortune going their mm-hmm. way, but then it was the complete opposite uh-huh. after after nothing that, went where, their yeah, way. Yeah, nothing. Went their absolutely way. nothing. So yeah, definitely long off season ahead for both the Cowboys and the Eagles. It'll be very interesting to see you know, what the outcome would be if somehow either of those teams doesn't make a, a sweeping change because I I'd have I'd have more concerns with Philly than Dallas. Because Dallas, I could totally see them with yeah. their roster, whoever their head coach whether it's McCarthy or someone else, I could totally see them with that roster that they have constructed still having double digit wins. Yeah, right. There's possibly winning maybe not winning the division because of the yeah, trend of how right. no, it's there, Washington's just, there hasn't been a repeat to win it now. <laughs> there hasn't been a repeat winner in forever. 2004, but yeah. But 
that looks like a playoff team still. But when it comes to Philly, I mean, there there are guys on that roster where uh, even though guys like Jason Kelsey or Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham, what what Lane Johnson, they're those guys are still good. But we've already seen Jason Kelsey; he's already retiring. Brandon and, Graham said he has one year left. He's going to do a, a farewell tour. Yeah, like at some point, these guys are going to retire. The AJ uh, Brown all, situation seems very volatile. Like you yeah. know, it's something to watch at the very least. If he were to say that he wants out, just yeah. given how his I, season ended and things yeah, that he was I, doing. If I if I had to guess, I think it'll be like Diggs, where it's not it's heated a little bit heated right now, but I think. I think it'll be fine. It's just a guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely a situation to look out for. Like, he deleted uh, all Eagle stuff right. from his his uh, social media, and he, he he says it's no big deal. Like, like come on. Like, anytime See, a player does that, it's because they're mad at the team. Right. I know. And it does happen a lot that all of a sudden the posts come back, and it's not really as big of a deal as you want to believe it should be. But, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot of questions in that case. And I think the Eagles, you know, they they're definitely getting to the point where, you know, the window starts to close as soon as you pay your quarterback, and Jalen Hurts is going to be making a lot more money than he has the past couple seasons. It's just going to make things even more difficult for this team. So, I never what I never know what to believe with the cap anymore. See, like, I, even if yeah, I get it. I have but... I have no idea what to believe with it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like whether if that keeps him in. You're still going to lose seen, guys. Like we've it... seen bad contracts on on teams. And it doesn't kill him. I don't know. Maybe in Denver it would, but <laughs> maybe with the Russell Wilson one, maybe that's one that would actually really hurt a team. But I don't know. I've seen a lot of cases where it doesn't it doesn't keep teams in cap jail, and they can find ways to maneuver cap space. Just got to be more creative it, about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't. Know. I, I I don't know what ever what to believe ever when it comes to that stuff. Uh, no, I I get it. I I agree. There are a lot of times where it feels like the salary cap is just a myth. So, yeah. Um, anyway, one last game in the NFC. Let's talk about that before jumping to the AFC side and the most competitive game of the weekend. Lions. 20- you mean the only competitive game of the weekend? <laughs> one of two to be a one score game in the fourth quarter. Lions 24 <laughs> Rams 23. Um, you know, it's a game. Everyone is looking forward to it. You know, the ultimate revenge. Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford. I wish it was a little more high scoring, but for the most part, I'd say it lived up to the billing in terms of a you know neck and neck game. It, it looked like it was going to be oh, really yeah, high scoring first, in the like, beginning. Six drives of the game, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be like a thirty-eight, thirty-five right. kind of game. Yeah, oh, I remember <laughs> I, I was watching it with uh, my friend, and I was like, you know, I I was hoping for a thirty-thirty game, and he's like, both of you might score in the forties, and then we got three field goals the rest of the way. So that was yeah. a little bit of a disappointment, but. You know, when it comes down to it, I think the really the big thing of this is great on Jared Goff, great on the Detroit Lions. Like this team, oh, first I'm... home game in the playoffs in 32 years, first win in 32 years. So hard not to feel happy for you know this team and I... this this fan base. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely happy for the Lions. Good for them, and they're definitely a t- they're the team I'm going to be pulling for uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, of, of I, any I mean, team I, left. Like, I don't have, I don't have a strong ring interest right. with any of these teams. Uh, uh, so they're definitely the team that I'd pull for for sure. Um, especially with like all those years of losing and to see the way it played out after them after they won, and you see the locker room celebration and Dan Campbell giving out the game balls uh, to 
Brad Holmes and then Jared Goff. Like I, I've been, a, I was a Jared Goff hater in LA, but even their even their first year when they sucked uh, and they were like one of the worst teams in the league, I I was even starting to believe in Jared Goff then. Like wow, he actually was half decent that year. And uh, this is not like a Tannehill thing where like I never ever ever <laughs> believed in Tannehill. Like uh-huh. I def I definitely look at Jared Goff now and think like all right, like he's definitely uh he's he's definitely playing at a really high level right now and i'm and definitely great for him uh, he's the guy it was cool Detroit. to see him like, yeah he's it, the guy. it was definitely cool to see when dan came on was giving out the game balls he's like you're fucking good enough for detroit jared goff give him the ball <laughs> uh, that, that was a really cool moment for sure yeah uh definitely a good game to watch even if it was uh lower a little lower scoring than expected um uh, the fact i'm just glad we got one competitive game. right i know <laughs> well i remember so last year I think all six wildcard games were reasonably competitive, and then the divisional round kind of sucked. The year before, the wildcard round kind of sucked for the most part, but then the divisional yeah, round was now, like the best weekend ever. So I think we're due yeah. for a great divisional round, but yes, good See, to I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, there, there I don't are two, know. There are right. two games. The Texans are, are nine, nine and a half, ten point yeah. underdogs. Packers. The Packers are also, <laughs> that's that's just day one. Right, that's a good point. Uh, I think the Lions are six and a half points over Tampa. So, yeah, maybe I not. I don't, know if I, <laughs> I don't know how much I love Tampa in that game either. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I Look, it's great for, good for Tampa that they made it this far, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that matchup. I, I guess the one thing that I'd feel good about Tampa for them is that you know, as good as the Lions are, their secondary is a problem. I don't know. Just these past few weeks, uh, C.D. Lamb, 13 catches, 227 yards, and a touchdown. The week after, uh, Justin Jefferson, he had he had a monster game. And then this past game, Puka Nakua, nine catches, 181 yards, and a touchdown. It's just their secondary is just just giving up bunches of catches to these number one receivers that right. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That that seems like a problem that at some point Detroit will probably it'll probably catch See, up to them. But I don't. But I don't think it'll be this game. But I I do think that's a issue for Detroit right now. Oh, I, I agree with that. I do think that there's a big problem there. I mean, that is the biggest reason why I thought Dallas was a scarier team for the Niners and the Lions is just that their pass defense is vulnerable. And um, you know, maybe Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, like you know, Mike Evans will catch some passes, and that'll be the big difference in this one. But um, regardless, I think what the Lions accomplish here is just the it's just the beginning. Like, it isn't just like a you know one off nice playoff win. I think that this is a team that moving forward. I mean, Dan Campbell. I think a lot of people were pretty dismissive of that hire when it happened, and when in the moment, uh-huh. oh yeah, I was I was dismissive about it, but even even when they that first year when they went three and thirteen and it took mm-hmm. them like ten or eleven games to win their first, I was watching, I saw a lot of their games and th- thought to myself like even though they have a losing record and they have they were winless for a long time, I was watching them like they're. In neck and neck with a lot of right, almost teams every in these game games. was competitive. It took a, in a sixty-six yard field goal for for them to lose a, a one of their games, and and I don't know. I, even though they were not impressive uh, in terms of their win loss record in the beginning, I still felt like wow. The and, and watching Hard Knocks, like the players really love playing for them and care, and they all care for each other. It's I don't know. It's, it's very refreshing. Right. No, I completely agree, and I think it's a it's a great 
situation that the Lions have going. Like they're a very likable team right now. I think that a lot of people are very much rooting for them if they don't have any ties in the NFC. Like they're an easy team to be like, yeah, this team has sucked my whole life. It would be cool to see them be in a Super Bowl, something that I never thought would happen. So yeah, uh, they they're definitely getting um, a lot of a lot of fan favoritism their way. And I think it's well-deserved, you know, it's definitely a good yep. group of people. And, um, you know, I, I understand though, Matthew Stafford not being a, a too fond of the lions when he's being booed. I get, I That's get the it too. one thing that it's like, and it's tough cause it's a playoff game. So like, obviously yeah. emotions are going to be really the, high. The emotions are even higher. Yeah. Uh, not just a return game, but in a playoff game too. So the emotions are, are, are much, much higher. Uh, on that stage. But one thing I'll say is that this is not a perfect apples uh, to apples comparison, but when, when Brady came back to new England, there were all these cheers and Brady, Brady chants before the game. Mm -hmm. And then once the game started and their offense were on the field, all the Patriots fans started booing because like, all right, like now it's game. Yeah. Right. You're the enemy, uh, you know, for the game. But beforehand it was all these chants and all this love for, for, for Brady, of course, but when Stafford came on, it was all boos from start to finish. <laughs> Even when he was just warming up, they were mm-hmm. booing his ass. Right. So, I know it's it's a playoff game. I get it. Like, it's a tough time to be making your return there. Like, it would have been so much yeah. better if it was just like a week seven regular season game, especially if the Lions, you know, if they beat, say, they beat the Packers in this one and, you know, they had this playoff success. And I don't think you, there'd be a whole lot of animosity see, toward him for see, leaving. You, you, you see, it's. You say it's it would have been better if it was a regular season game for Matthew Stafford's return. It would have been better for for Lions fans to show more appreciation and and chants and cheers. But right. No. Yes. No. I thought it was awesome. No. From that from perspective, an yes. You're entertainment right. yes. standpoint, uh-huh. it was better that it was a playoff game. No. And I, I, I do was... think that is still a credit to Lions fans that they you know were very much like, no, you're the enemy. Like this is a playoff game. If you beat us, our season is over. That would suck. Um, I think like I don't know how true this could possibly be but the fact that kelly safford is saying that lions fans were booing his like kids maybe that also plays some sort of role in this i don't know um people it, are so mean right yeah and i don't i don't even know like what that possibly like people are joking about it online but i very much believe like that's something that you know a drunk fan like i know lions fans like that was an eight o'clock game they were at the bars in detroit from noon probably going up and until kickoff so I'm sure that um, you know it's a tough environment. That's, that's definitely a passionate fan base. They've been right. waiting forever oh, to have a to, to have a home playoff game. Yeah, and I'll say <laughs> and, this was a, a, easily the biggest week for Michigan in sports ever. I mean, win the winning national, national championship, championship, right? You win win this playoff game. Like that, that, those fans. Like if you're a fan of both of those teams, and yeah, you're gonna be loving every second of that. So, or if you there, were there, there, there a was a stretch State where they fan, had to, and it was like the worst start, and then it, everything redeemed itself at the end. I mean, remember that stretch for Michigan when they gave up the punt return to uh that the the block punt and Michigan State wins wins the game, and then I don't know how much later it was with his days or weeks or months, but then Rogers throws that hail mary. Oh yeah, <laughs> against Detroit. Like, I, I think, think it was, that was, I think it was like a month of, later, but yeah. A month later, yeah, maybe three like, weeks. Wow, like that, yeah, that just talk about two painful ways to end right. games in in Michigan. Uh, 
Uh, I, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think about those two, like how tied <laughs> together they were. But uh, yeah, yeah. So definitely good for Lions fans, you know, what they're able to accomplish, um, you know, this team. And I, I definitely like their chances moving forward here. Um, at least, you know, getting to the NFC Championship game, we'll yeah. see from there. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, still a possibility for a storybook ending this year. But I, I also think that that storybook ending could be coming soon for this team anyway. Um. So, you know, this is the Lions' first home game in 31 years. And, um, you know, they were able to pull it out and get a big playoff win. And I, I think one thing that kind of reminded me of was in 2013, the Pittsburgh Pirates had 21 straight losing seasons. And that team finally broke through with not just a winning record, but made the playoffs, home wildcard game against Cincinnati Reds, blackout crowd. It's unbelievable atmosphere. The Pirates go on to win that game. Like I look back so fondly on that moment, and I think a lot of Pittsburgh sports fans will say that was one of, if not their favorite moments. Just years of torture, just all gone in one night. And um, I think that's kind of a good transition to this next game here because uh, it's starting to feel like there's a, a new Pirates for me. And... You know, Bills 31, Steelers 17. I'll say Josh Allen was phenomenal in this game. Like, the Bills are the better football team. Like, you know, they're going into this one. I know, like, I kind of talked myself up. But I also, within an hour of kickoff, was like, this is going to be so horrible. And it looked like (laughs) it was for a while. And I know that the national media wants me to sit here and say, oh, you know, I should be lucky that the Steelers made the playoffs, didn't deserve to be there, like, all this stuff, even though you look and saw four teams that – genuinely did not show up i mean this Steelers team yeah got off to a bad start but it felt like a winnable game at the same time bills didn't turn the ball over Steelers turned the ball over twice and it was 21 to nothing they were still kind of in it it was 24 to 17 like i said you know this was the other game that the only game this weekend other than detroit rams that was a one score game in the fourth quarter and it's just it's just another frustrating playoff loss. And I'm not looking at this one and grouping in as losing to, you know, Tim Tebow and the Broncos or losing to Blake Bortles. Yeah, Those, losing the 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 Broncos and Browns playoff losses are way worse. Right. And then the Jaguars as well with Blake Bortles. Like those three oh, together. I, I know Jacksonville is competitive against one. the Patriots or whatever, but like that those but all no, three of those were smashed the Steelers. All three of those were absolute disaster performances. But I also don't look at this game as like, oh, like going into Arrowhead with, you know, Big Ben in his final game. Like this is a team that as much as everyone wants to say, oh, Mason Rudolph, third string quarterback, the Steelers offense looks so much better with Mason Rudolph in those final three games. And then the, I don't even know what the team was doing. The Bills were daring the Steelers to throw the ball, just ran it up the middle with Najee Harris for one or two yards. It's like that. It was like Matt that Canada. That was working the last two games. It was. And then it just, in this game, like it just didn't. And it took like four or five drives until the game was already out of hand. And it's just, to me, this is a kind of game, like when it comes down to it, the Steelers need to make serious changes. And this game should be a reason for this team to make serious changes. I don't know that this is a game, like, I'm coming away, like, the team needs to move on from Mike Tomlin, like a lot of people are saying. And like I was before, you know, this little win streak here. But if he's not willing to recognize that this team needs to go out and get a real offensive coordinator and, you know, a real system and scheme and adapt to the modern ways of the NFL... And- and a quarterback that's a little bit And a bit quarterback, <laughs> you know what, a quarterback, I want to start with the offensive coordinator, mostly because I don't know what the quarterback options are. And I'm not looking at it as like 2024, this team needs to win the Super Bowl, but it needs to be a first step. It can't be the same thing over and over again, because 
it's just it's so painful at this point. And I get like no losing seasons in 17 years, but no playoff wins in seven. 23 fan bases have now won a playoff game more recently than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't feel like I should be spoiled by that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm I'm so glad that you are saying these things, Corey, because I'm annoyed by how the Steelers they they have you know decent regular seasons only to just lose in the first round and. You know, they've been a seven seed now in in a couple of these playoff years, and I don't look at them as a threat whatsoever. And yeah, that that Kansas City game was that was a kind of a joke, right? Yeah, I mean, Big Ben's final game, uh, and just like just just getting there, like the that wall. was a just, true like, just, lucky to be there. Yeah, like it just yeah. And look, I I kind of view it the same way for this year as well as that year where they lost to Kansas City. But at least in this game, they were a little bit more in it, a little bit more competitive compared to the. Kansas City laws, but I still look at the Steelers as a team that's okay, great. They're a, they make the playoffs, but I don't view them as a threat. And even though, as a if you're a fan, it's like great. Like I I get to watch meaningful football at this point in the year, and it's great. I still don't. I still wouldn't believe in them beyond that point. Yeah, no, I I get it. And it was one of those things where I was like, maybe this team can win a playoff game. Like this is finally the year. Like maybe this can all end. And it's just no, it, it just doesn't happen. I I wouldn't t- say you're sp- spoiled and like, oh wow, like all these playoff appearances, great. Like you're, <laughs> you're still also a not... Patriots fan, so you come at it I from know, a very so different really perspective. Spoiled. Then yeah, most <laughs> I get a lot of fan bases like, oh, never had a losing season. I've seen my team go five and twelve. Like if you're a Lions and... fan, like. This was my first uh, time watching right. them. You saw those fans in Detroit, like crying, crying. yeah, bawling their eyes right. out. And like, I, they don't know how to celebrate. No, <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. Forever. But it's like you know, Jets fans being like, "I'd love to," you know, "I wish my team made the playoffs every year or whatever." It's like, okay, like that's who you're being compared to. That's the standard is no longer Super Bowls. The standard is not losing seasons, losing in the playoffs, and. I get it. Like, you know, what Mike Tomlin has accomplished, I'm not going to dismiss it. You know, the fact that he's been able to take a lot of these teams, especially in recent years, when you got guys like Duck Hodges and, you know, Mason Rudolph in 2019, (laughs) like, it was just just a disaster seasons. You know, last year, how things were going with Mitch Trubisky and rookie Kenny Pickett, like, it, it means something to be able to win these games, rally these guys, great leader of men, whatever. But he needs real assistant coaches when it comes down to it. He's a great head coach. He would be great in other situations, but I don't want him in Pittsburgh if he's not going to adapt what? and try to make this team on the same level as all these other great teams in the AFC, whether or not he has a quarterback that's in line with guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen and whoever. This is probably unfair to ask right now, but if Tomlin weren't, if, if he was not the head coach for next season, and like if he were to leave, who would you want as the next guy young i mean a young offense like Vrabel. no i don't want Vrabel. i think Vrabel is just a poor man's mike tomlin when it comes down to it like Vrabel, yeah like he overachieved in tennessee but what did that get him like you know he had that one little championship appearance which was really good yeah it was a great team yeah great great for them but then you know back-to-back seasons or yeah back-to-back seasons after that 2020 and 2021 lost a home playoff game you know that I've seen enough of those home playoff losses with uh, where that Tomlin only gets you so far is what you're saying, right? Exactly. So I I want like I want a new team. I, I like want new fresh ideas. I want new outside perspective. And for me, which is why I, which is why I kind of an OC, to, right? An offensive coach. Which is why uh, and, and it kind of uh, you know as much as I like Mayo, 
<laughs> you could also say, well, it could just be the same thing, but just yeah. no Bill Belichick. Yeah, right. Or it could just be the same exact ideas and game plans, and the, the product still looks the same on the field, but it's just no Bill Belichick on the sideline. That's like that. That realistically could happen for the Patriots. Absolutely. Which, I mean, he's all he's known suck. is Bill Belichick. So, like, yeah. I get it. Yeah, and I I don't want. I don't want the Steelers to continue to be stuck in this place. Like, I think it's reasonable as fans to expect some kind of change and not be like, oh, the yeah. Steeler way, because the Steeler way hasn't been working. What, yeah. Art Rooney II, what worked for your dad 40 years ago isn't working for you right now. And if you don't seriously, like, take the time to work with Mike Tomlin to be like, this all needs to change, you're no better than Bob Nutting with the Pirates. You're just Bob Nutting in a league with a salary cap that allows you to have guys like TJ Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick who are able to carry you to these 10-win seasons every now and then. So it's just it's just very frustrating as a fan, you know, year after year, and then constantly hearing all this, being told that I'm wrong for wanting to continue to have a head coach who has not helped lead my team to the playoffs and, or to a playoff victory in seven years. I, I'm going <laughs> No, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're saying all these things because it's not to discredit like what Mike Tomlin's done as the head. Co- it's great that like, he's been the yeah, head coach there for right. what Seven, 15 years? seventeen years. Yeah, it's a long seventeen time. years. Okay, longer than I thought, and all either five hundred or better seasons. Like with that stuff, it is impressive. But I just uh, it, it's at the same time though, like they haven't won a Super Bowl in fourteen. Now it's gonna be fifteen right. years. Yeah, two thousand eight. 2009. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, 15 years since the Super Bowl. Yeah, one. and and oh, and then their last appearance was uh, 13 years ago. Right. So it's been a while since we've seen the Steelers in really meaningful, meaningful playoff. Like not just getting bounced in the first round. Uh, uh, you know, in a lot of years. Yeah, so, I mean, the Steelers I, I, three and eight in the playoffs since that Super Bowl appearance, and one of those wins came over AJ McCarron. Another came over Matt Moore. And then the third, Alex Smith, who should not be grouped in with those two guys. Steelers won the game eighteen to sixteen. <laughs> like this, those are the three playoff victories. That was the one, the divisional round, right? In the divisional round, yeah. The last yeah. time the Steelers had a playoff game rescheduled, which I mean, that's another thing here. It just makes it even worse having to wait an extra day just for that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very frustrating right now, and I I don't think that the Steelers should be rushing into moves because to me, rushing into move would mean that they're just promoting. Eddie Faulkner as offensive coordinator. And I have no issue with him staying on as running backs coach, but I really don't think that, you know, the offense as, as much as things were better down the stretch, like I, I need a new outside coordinator, like a new offensive, fresh young mind perspective who hasn't been around with this team. Like that's what this team needs. And when it comes to quarterback, I don't really know what the solution is because on the one hand, Mason Rudolph played really well in those last three games of the season. He wasn't great against Buffalo, but he was calm, poised, and collected enough to overcome a bad end zone interception and you know, put the Steelers in a position where Buffalo was genuinely sweating things out. Like, oh, this is way closer than it should be. See, even though he played pretty well for his standards in the last few games, that wouldn't want to make me just make him the starter. No, I, I agree. That would just make me want him to keep him more as a backup he, yeah right no still. he's proven that he can be an nfl backup he can still very be least. an nfl quarterback right. in the league as a backup right and that's but, but i still wouldn't want him as my starter right but then and then you're now comparing him to kenny pickett who kenny pickett has like shown a little bit of potential here and there like he's shown signs that can maybe convince you but the overwhelming product has been 
so much worse. And a lot of that has been with Matt Canada. So I also think he deserves a fair shake with a real NFL offensive coordinator. It's kind of like kind of like Mac Jones where yeah, he probably stinks, but at the same time he hasn't gotten he the hasn't most had a shot. Right, exactly. And yeah, maybe he is just Mac Jones, but I'd love to yeah. find out. Like, but at the same time, it's like Mason Rudolph. Who knows? Like this is still something that can maybe be there. But then you can also point to the fact that, you know, he doesn't have the best mobility. He's had a couple plays where he's able to pick up a first down, but he's not really a mobile threat. And you can also point to the fact that the three gate, you know, the two best games he had uh, were against a Cincinnati defense and a Seattle defense that aren't very good. And then against a Ravens backups team where, you know, he still completed a lot of balls. And obviously it was limited with the freezing rain. And then Buffalo defense, like, yeah, they're banged up. They're still very good defense. And that was his worst performance. So I don't know how to feel about those two. But then it's also like, where where else do you go? Justin Herbert is a pipe dream. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is also probably a pipe dream. And then Justin Fields. Justin Fields is probably the most realistic one. I know that Mike Tomlin is a big fan of him, but even him, like, I don't know that I'm convinced that Justin Fields coming in is going to magically save this team too, because, you know, I, I see he puts up, you know, some great highlight performances in Chicago, but he also looks awful at times. And the team is, you know, seven and 10 in their best season with him. So I don't know that I'd want to give up a whole lot of, you know, premium draft capital to bring in Justin Fields and just hope that, you know, he's slightly better in Pittsburgh where I'm not even convinced that the offense is really that much better run than it was in Chicago. And, you know, at that point, it almost feels like you're just hoping to strike gold in like the fourth round on like a Spencer Rattler, you know, a bias there, you know, some other quarterback. like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Jordan Travis, you know, like some one of these guys that it's like, you know, Cam Ward is another name. Like all these guys are it's like, you know, maybe maybe this could be like th- that's what I want the team to do. Like, that's what I I'd be fine with at quarterback room with like a uh, Clint Kubiak, 49ers passing game coordinator, Shane Waldron. He's uh he was the Seahawks offense coordinator. He's with the Rams with Jared Goff. Like maybe he's a name to consider. Eric Bieniemy. There are a lot of guys out there, and I hope that Mike Tomlin doesn't just do what he always does. You know, go down the hallway, knock on the first door. Hey, you want to be offense coordinator? Cool, Matt. Matt Canada. Yeah, OC. <laughs> It's he like did money it ball when, when when in that scene where it's like, hey, do you have any baseball experience? Well, I once played t ball. You're you're our new right. Uh, your, uh-huh. uh, whatever job it yeah, was. Yeah, it was whatever. Your new scout. Your new right. scout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. That's essentially what he's done. He did the same thing with his quarterback. <laughs> like he just went on the other side of the right. sports complex. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you know, I like Kevin Colbert, the old GM, certainly deserves a lot of heat. Like I think he was very bad at the end. I don't know what the true breakdown is in terms of how much Tomlin was involved in a lot of these guys, whether it's through the draft or even free agency, uh, or if he just had his hands tied and he's just been like, yeah, whatever you give me. But if that's the case, why would he want to stay in Pittsburgh if he's just being dealt with these shitty rosters like everyone says they have? Why would he want to stick around? So... I, I don't know. We talked. We talked way too much. We about have. The no, Steelers. I get it. There should. I hope there's more opportunities <laughs> to talk about this team when they do make some meaningful change. But let, we can talk about Buffalo now. This is just the last opportunity for real. So I get it. No, and no, the, I, the Bills. See, as, like, you're, as you're talking about that stuff, like uh, all I'm thinking was like, man, do I really want Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator again? Like, do I really want them to bring back Josh McDaniels 
again. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's, yeah, I do want some new, fresh, new perspective uh, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball in particular. Sounds great. So, you know? As you're saying all these things, like all I'm thinking about is, God, are the Patriots just going to do the same thing with an offense again? Yeah, look, and nothing just, is a guarantee just because you make change. But you can yeah. feel like if you don't make change, feel nothing's going to get better. Yeah, right. Like yeah. you're just going to be stuck in the same spot. And I don't want to be there anymore. But yeah, what's that? What's that quote in Shawshank? Hope is a good thing, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> hope sells. That's that's what I'm always told. Hope sells. And uh, as soon as you lose hope, uh, it's just. I guess we gotta find something else to do with our Sundays. So, uh, but you know what? This game, like, I, I, some of people talk about the officiating, and like, yeah, there's some questionable calls and stuff. Especially I I, later, I hated but... seeing the George Pickens stuff. Like, oh, refs, refs, refs. Like. Come on, dude. Uh, take some some accountability. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it, I don't know. If, look, that guy's way better than Taekwon, and it sucks that the second those picks happens, like, all right, well, George Pickens <laughs> is going to be good, and Taekwon's going to be uh, a bust, and that was like, everything. The way it's played out is exactly how I thought it would play out with those two guys. So, uh, so even though he's a really good receiver, makes you know he definitely breaks out in some uh, makes some crazy highlights. Yeah, plays, he's for sure. He's no an incredible talent. No at the same time, I don't know. The dude's definitely kind of a diva where he didn't want to make that block and Jalen Warren is calling him out. And then you see him after the game blame the refs for why they lost, even though they lost by two touchdowns and Josh Allen was running all over the place. Yeah, I know. Was, some uh, people were saying there was a fake slide or whatever. I'm like, I don't know if that's true. But, um, yeah. Coincidentally versus Kenny Pickett, even right, though he wasn't right. playing. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I say George Pickens is insane both physically and mentally. I think that's that's pretty yeah. clear. And, uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, no, a, and, poor man, a, a homeless man's Antonio Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably <laughs> a good way to mentally. describe him. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. He's definitely not the the same talent um, or the same, you know, in the head, but he definitely is somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. Um, yeah so no, the the Bills are a great football team, and you know, they. I think I don't know what the stat goes back to. I heard sixteen and zero when Josh Allen doesn't throw an interception. I can't imagine that's his whole career. There's got to be some kind of a time box on that. I know he, he turns the ball over a lot, but he's also played a say, lot. What's of the games. record when they when he does turn the ball over? Right, I know. And <laughs> There's got to be way more losses and wins. Yeah. Oh, probably. absolutely. I mean, I I think on the season there were only three games where he didn't throw an interception. So yeah, that, that sounds this is the fourth accurate. one. Yeah, and no, he's. Josh Allen can take this team to the Super Bowl. He can also do something really horrible, and you know the, this team could fall apart. But I, also, the defensive injuries have to be a concern now because they're already banged up. You know, Tre'Davious White, they and Matt, lost Milano. Matt Milano. Yeah, both those guys Vaughn out most Miller of the season. <laughs> right, and then this game, um, you know, they lost. I think a couple corners. So Rizul, Rizul Douglas didn't play in this one. Christian Benford got hurt. Um, and they lost uh, one of their linebackers to you know, what is undoubtedly a playoff-ending injury. So it's definitely a big, big concern for this team. But you know, we know that offensively they can be high octane. Um, they're not a juggernaut by any means, but in this AFC, they don't necessarily have to be to get over you know this rendition of you know Patrick Mahomes yeah, and the Chiefs or even Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Stephon Diggs has done pretty much nothing in the past like two months and. The last couple months or so, not every game, of course, but Buffalo has definitely turned it around uh, at the in the second half of the season, and they really haven't needed Stephon Diggs to do much outside that Miami game. He really hasn't done anything. He hasn't scored in forever, and and he's their clear, clear number one receiver, number yeah. one target. And we've seen James Cook have a couple crazy games, and 
Khalil Shakir has definitely made more of an impact in these past couple of weeks with Gabe Davis being hurt. And, and then Gabe Davis, <laughs> he, when he's healthy, uh, maybe he'll come back, but when he's out there, he'll, he'll have games where he does absolutely nothing. <laughs> he'll literally put up uh, a zero, zero stat line and not just one game, but he did that four well, times this year. Four. <laughs> wow. I didn't yeah. realize there's that many. So I've heard yeah. he makes a big impact either way. You know, defenses still have to key in on him. Yep. But it's also when you see that box score a lot of times, you're like, what is he doing out here? And yeah, I thought the, that'd be an the, advantage for the Steelers. And maybe yeah. it was because he had a 98-yard touchdown in the game last year and didn't yeah, this the, year. Yeah, but. he had three <laughs> catches, but he also had like 160 yards. Yeah, right. I know. So <laughs> I thought game. maybe that could be a difference maker. I, I'm Having him back isn't a negative when it comes down to it. It's just a question just of how much of a positive. You're wondering if it's a huge positive. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh-huh. He's the definition of boomer bust. He'll ever have games where he just does absolutely nothing or he'll score four touchdowns. Right. No, no, like he was first, awesome first in that 20... Kansas City team. Yeah, right. In that 2021 playoff, especially against Kansas City, he was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting. Um, I mean, I feel like we might as well just talk about Kansas City sure. and Miami while we're on the subject here. And... uh negative 30 degree weather like it was some of the videos of, from this one were insane just seeing Did water that water and, bottle one that was so cool just like <laughs> the, the science yeah Took right. It right out of the right, right out of the, the fridge and, and immediately fridge and just, yep. immediately yeah just crazy that was, so, that was crazy yeah, the way that froze like that i mean all the frozen beer and uh yeah, I mean, I think this game went uh, more or less how a lot of people expected when they found out the miami dolphins would be playing a game in negative 30 feels like I so wanted to pick against kansas city uh, with, with whatever team they face but just it, the, the writing was on the wall that like oh this kind of weather facing this team yep. <laughs> facing miami <laughs> uh and that game went kind of how i expected just miami was they were a joke they were, they were a compl- absolute no show yep uh, and i mean i tyreek had that nice touchdown but yeah good for that, him it, even good, on that like, good good nice revenge touchdown even though the, yeah, so that that ball was underthrown by Tua. You know, he made it was underthrown. Yeah. yeah, it was. I I think to me that is a, a big piece of the the conversation here when it comes to the Miami Dolphins and uh, you know what what do you, what do they do in this situation? Like, what what is the next step here? And then no one's talking about I, them the same way you're talking see, about Dak I, and talking about Hertz and you know those two teams. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I thought of. I thought of his take that I thought was really unique, only to find out that everybody has the same take. What is it? And I still agree with it. It's that they should trade Tua. Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> know how you. They, they should have their own. They should have their own Lions Rams kind of thing. Trade Tua for a veteran quarterback that could maybe take them to that next step. Whether that's a Dak or Kirk, whatever. That would be that wild if you just swap Tua and Dak. With all the comparisons, yeah. of the you, Cowboys you you and take the our problem. You take you. T- uh, I'd much rather. It's like one of those change of scenery uh, trades. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's been talks about it, it, how both of them are going to need contracts extensions. As bad as Dak yeah, was on yeah. Sunday, I still feel way better it's, about paying him long term. I, I feel Tua right now. Yeah, I have. I certainly would have questions about signing Dak to a long term contract, especially at the the price that he might get. I still much rather have him over Tua. And look, I remember years ago. My my thing was people Tua was getting so much hate that's like okay yeah Tua right I loved suck. I know I wanted him but, to be great I but, wanted to be a Tua guy yeah Tua he, I don't think he sucks but he's definitely mid he 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 definitely is not a guy that I would believe in 
uh, a, a quarterback that can take a, a team to you know the real promised land. Yes, they could they could put up some nice highlights against bad teams and win nine, ten, eleven games or whatever. But once it gets to the playoffs, especially in that kind of environment, I, I then then I have no faith in him. And I think they should, especially with the weapons that they have with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. First, they need they need to get a tight end, which I know sounds crazy. Yeah, I know. But they, it's like okay, they have Tyreek and they have Jalen Waddle, two of the fastest guys in the league, two of the best receivers, but. Who's the, like the next best? Okay, well the running backs like Achan and Mostert the way the year right yeah but, I mean they're they're part of the pass catching there yeah there's part, no right, real tight but end <laughs> no one in the middle of the field, um, you know that a, a real difference maker at the tight end position so River they should they should do that but I, that yeah <laughs> like, I mean it's river river yeah. car crash yeah yeah I had no uh, interest in keeping Mike Gesicki and you know getting him involved with this team and no I, I agree it, it feels crazy that, to not have that's a tight part end. of the problem but. Uh, I, I really would seriously consider the idea of it's already it, people already talk about it enough in the media and it, it's really nice that Mike McDaniel believed in Tua sticking with him and it's nice that Tua definitely has shown he's a better quarterback than people give give him credit for with McDaniel than in his first couple of years in the league uh, but at the same time like I I, I don't know what, how I'd feel about to as my long-term option it's hard to uh, feel they want to have more success yeah right i mean look he's he's been phenomenal i mean as a whole team like this team has been phenomenal in september october and then as soon as you know the season starts to go down and the temperatures start and, to and, drop in a lot of these places yep. it's just it's not the same and it felt like early in the year it was felt like just a a i don't know what's the word i'm looking for just uh i don't want to say um dang uh just a lowest common denominator take basically to say that, Oh, let's see the dolphins in cold weather. And then you were all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You, you don't want to use a simple, you know, basic take. Yeah. Like that, but like at the same time, maybe it's just as easy as, of, Hey, yeah. watch, watch them in these actually, uh, cold playoff games with and high this, stakes. And that's what you they get. Just fall flat. Right. Right. So I don't know how there can be a whole lot of confidence. In, in him moving forward. And I hate to say it because I wanted to be a Tua fan, but, I mean, look, as bad as the weather was, it, you know, Kansas City scoring 26 points in this weather, still pretty impressive. You know, they yeah. moved the ball. Not surprised they kicked a lot of field goals because that's what the team's been doing a ton recently. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes certainly was they not They were moving as, the ball much better. Yeah, not as bothered by I, it. As often as I say the receivers suck, they do, but Rasheed Rice... Rasheed Rice has been great. Yeah, He's... he's He's great. But so, he's not the kind of rookie who should be the number one wide receiver on a Super Bowl contending team. And that's kind of what he is but, right now. But he has to be. Yeah, cause, right. Cause, literally every other receiver that they have sucks. And Travis Kelsey is still effective as a pass catcher. He's he, But he's clearly not like amazing like he was in past years. Even just last year. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, he's whether it's age or injury or Taylor or, Swift. <laughs> okay, it's I just mean, oh yeah. I, I get don't. It. Let me just say I don't. Uh, agree no, I know with you that don't take. agree with that. I, I just I'm just it's, pointing that out because people have pointed it out, I, and I just think it's a coincidence. I think like, it is. The dude is thirty. What thirty five? I don't think he's thirty five years. Is he? He was he was a 2013 draft class. Maybe I, I'm thinking I think he's oh, like 32. Thinking, his brother probably is. He's the his younger brother. brother. Yeah, <laughs> thinking of his brother. Right. I think he's like thirty. Travis is thirty four. He's thirty. Turned thirty four. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's older than I would have expected. But yes, you're right. It's it was always going to catch up to him at some point and it was just a question of when. So Yeah. Um 
I mean, I, I do think it is just disgusting and obnoxious the way that people talk about Taylor Swift. Like, it's something like it's to the point where it genuinely bothers me. Like, just seeing things like saying how annoyed they are with her. And look, I don't know, maybe she's throwing on. Yeah, everyone is doing it. <laughs> everyone is doing it. Like, that was just, I don't understand. Like, maybe she's shown on TV slightly more than most other celebrities, but she's the biggest superstar in the entire planet. Like, yeah. I just, I think it's just so obnoxious, like hearing the way that people talk about my, her. My like, take is, my take is totally biased. I don't blame people for being annoyed by how much coverage there is. Like, there, that's probably she's the, always going to be part. shown. Yeah, like there, if she's there, there, there might be too much coverage of her, but at the same time. The, the hate, I think, has gone too she's far. She's not a problematic person at all. Like, she's just like a normal. Like the fact that she's, she's just done there to support her boyfriend. Yeah, right. Like that. That's it. She's just another female fan in the crowd, and that's apparently yeah. like a the worst yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. So, no, I, I I think it's very annoying, and um, you know, I don't know how much of it is you know Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. Like you know, now she's being grouped in with those two. Like I'm sure that's. I don't a even factor, notice Jackson but... anymore. Oh, I know. Well, that's yeah, a good he's... thing, right? I think that they've been uh you know very careful with uh his his legal situation there, avoiding him most of the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's just it annoys me whenever I I see stuff like that. It's just the hate she gets is just ridiculous and i'm definitely not a swifty like i'm not not like you at all but i just i I have no issue with it and i just don't understand how she lives rent free in so uh, many people's heads Uh, there's a clear bias of me but yeah it's just i think the i think she gets too much coverage like during games where it's like oh travis kelsey made a catch let's show taylor swift and her reaction like every single time he does something but uh the the hate has goes too far so. yeah and it, that's not even like all that abnormal if an athlete is dating like a, a famous person like that you see it all the time where you'll see like it in simone the biles i think is another one where yeah i, I mean i remember like two in the packers yeah, uh, was it jonathan owens owens yeah yeah like, right that's another one that they show sometimes but i mean taylor swift obviously gets like the most yeah which, of and I, I think i think she's earned it i'll i'll, I'll say yeah. that so um, I've been going through here and just trying to look at every team's roster and see if there is like a good Stafford for um, Goff trade for Tua. And I think Dak, right. Dak's probably the, the most sensible one. Yeah, Dak one. was the easiest one I could think of. Right. I mean, I think the alternative option would be if you trade him somewhere else and sign Kirk Cousins. Like that's yeah, the only I, one. I thought, see, I thought of Kirk Cousins. I'll admit, it's mostly just because I'm a fan and I, I would like to, to see the guy have success. Yeah, no, it'd be cool to see <laughs> I, what I, he can do with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, because um, he's had success with Justin Jefferson. So if he could have success with him, I'd imagine it'd still be he'd still be good and with Tyreek and Waddle. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely some questions for the Dolphins, like many other teams in the playoffs. And uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. You know, I don't know that it's guaranteed to light up the scoreboard like it did last time. I do think that defenses will will play a, a role in that one, but it'll certainly be a, a anticipatory game to oh, end the weekend. Oh, it's the high, most anticipated matchup yeah. this week or this upcoming week. I look at the other three games, and I'm just gonna chalk it up with the the home teams. Where I'm I'm not I'm not just, gonna look. I know there's been a lot of parity in the league, especially this year. But I look at uh, the other three games, and I just look, I just look at all of them, and think, all right, like the home team should definitely win 
all three of those matchups. And I would still pick Buffalo versus Kansas City because, one, I'm take committed with both sides. But at the same time, like, do I feel good about it? No, absolutely not. Like, with these two teams especially, uh, Kansas City, I feel like as – in the in the postseason, they've been the better team. They they've come out on top. And granted, one of those games be, came down to because of the stupid yeah the overtime uh, rules the over well that and but just also the way they handled the last thirteen seconds of oh it, oh yeah yeah right kicking the ball off in the end zone and then just playing defense the way they did just letting Kelsey yep. do whatever <laughs> on those two plays. Uh, so even so, like Kansas City has come out on top in their their playoff matchups and. Now it's at now it's at Buffalo. And first time that intrigues me. Yeah. First time because intrigues me because it's Mahomes' first playoff game on the road. Of course, if you if you take out the neutral stuff in the Super Bowl, yep. In Buffalo, in that weather, even though uh, like Kansas City, they're playing on the road. They they obviously know how to play in cold weather. And right, uh, I don't know. Maybe we could see another repeat of what happened last year in the division round at home at Buffalo, where they get tight and. And and they find a way to blow it too. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see how that one plays out. Um, it'll definitely be, um, you know, the the f- most fun game of the weekend, just with all the yeah. different narratives and everything. And um, yeah, I mean, who knows? All the maybe we'll get moved and to the fact that it should be the most competitive. Yeah, maybe this one will also get moved to Monday because you know the blizzard hits again, and uh, there's been see, so much crazy weather see, out there. People, <laughs> people have said that that negatively affects Pittsburgh. And I don't blame Steelers fans for thinking that it affects Buffalo too. They got two days l- less. Two, yeah, no, two I less agree. Days of rest was, compared to Kansas City. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought that was loser talk. The way that you know Steelers fans, uh, some of them were reacting about it being moved. I was just annoyed about having a playoff game on a Monday instead of having it on a Sunday when you get Monday to recover with the holiday. That's all I yeah. cared about. So yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway. Um, Last game here. So I did think about saving Steelers Bills for last, especially since it was the last AFC game to start with the two Saturday games. But I wanted to get the sad, annoying part out of the way before doing the happy, annoying part, and that's dancing on the Cleveland Browns grave. I knew you were going to say Texans that. <laughs> 45, Browns 14. Um, you know, this game was uh, a very great way to start the weekend. I, I wish this was reversed. I wish this was the 4-5 Monday game, so that way I could at least kind of have – some happiness, you know, especially with Browns fans, like they would have been roasting the Steelers and then to just have their team come out, play like that. This vaunted best defense in the league and CJ Stroud just shreds them in his first ever playoff game as a rookie. Uh, this I was feel, very satisfactory I, for me. Satisfying. Feel, of, all, of all the games, this one made me made me feel the stupidest. <laughs> <laughs> I, felt, I felt like an idiot when that game played out. I'm like, I really picked... A 38-year-old quarterback uh, versus CJ Stroud. <laughs> like I really did. Like I really did that. Like okay, but I don't know. Like the Browns, I kept denying it, but, but as the season went on, like I didn't. Like they're really not. They're not this good. They're not this right. good. And then Joe Flacco just kept killing it every single game. And their right. defense, was... they were one of the best defenses in the entire league. And then, then they played the way they did versus Stroud. Like and Stroud's been awesome this year. Already one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um. And but, but the Browns didn't show up on defense at all. Not at all. And and then their offense 
didn't do much, and Joe Flacco threw multiple pick sixes. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I just I felt really stupid. After yeah, that game. no, I I get it. And this was one where I was very much picking with my heart when I said Houston. Because I I was also like, I don't know, Cleveland. They keep finding ways to win these games, and like yeah. you know, they they a different team. And I, I just think back on all these games where you know against the Niners, you had like the penalties and the missed field goal. The Colts, you had a bunch of penalties. Like it, the Bears game came down to a a dropped hail mary. Like all these yeah. moments that is like the Browns really aren't all that great of a football team. They just keep lucking into victories. So then I just see their season just fall up, go up to no flames like this. It was, yeah. it was nice. It was very nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of credit to the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans, what they've been able to accomplish. I mean, they're just another team. And it's like this right here, like that doing this in year one. Like it doesn't matter what goes on in Baltimore. Obviously, they want to keep it rolling, yeah, but like this, yeah, their future is so bright yeah. right now. Oh, it's absolutely. And I hate being a year late on them, but right, I know. Yeah, like they, they, they should be the class of the their division uh, right. moving forward. It's just crazy to think about. I mean, this is Trevor Lawrence's already, division now. It's they're CJ already Strauss. this. Yeah, they're already this good, this early. Yeah, right. And like, so they already have the coach and quarterback. Nico Collins looks like he's a stud. And Tank Dell is and Tank Tank Dell. They don't even have him right now, and they're still killing it. And so, they look like they got two stars at the receiver position. And Derek Stingley, I don't think he had uh, beginning his career, his rookie season. It looked like Sauce Gardner was the better corner, and like, oh, like what, what a mistake that was. But right. he's been he's been great this year too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and, I, I and always Will believe Anderson, Will Anderson. Would be good. I I still think the Cardinals got a lot. of a lot of great return on that trade, but Will Anderson has come on late too, and he's made a, made a case for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, they're getting an so, even yeah, worse pick now. So just an absolute. I think it's an absolute win trade for the Texans. Like it might be a good win for Arizona. It's still, still to be, but, I think it's still to be determined, and maybe it just be a win win. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's definitely like not a Stafford loss for the Goff, Texans. Where yeah. the Stafford Goff trade, where immediately like the Rams. Yeah. Won the Rams Super Bowl. win a Super Bowl with Stafford, and the Lions get Goff and uh, a bunch of other picks to help their team so right it could just be a win-win for both teams yeah no it happens every now and then you get a, a great win-win trade so um, I definitely think that's uh you know a, a good spot for the Texans to be right now so um yeah I mean CJ Stroud just uh, coming into the year definitely had high hopes for him and D'Amico Ryans but it just felt crazy to think that this team was gonna be anything more than sneaky competitive and here they are <laughs> in the divisional round just love just love that we were like <laughs> Man, uh, this team could be seven and ten. Yeah, and we were like, we were like, so like, oh, this is a hot take. Right, right. They <laughs> were just way better yeah. than uh, even we expected. Yeah, even though we were like relatively high on them to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is also like the PFF game, and uh, you know, PFF's been been doing a lot of uh, hyping up of Miles Garrett this year that he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year because of them. Pass rush win rate. What did it get you in this one? I mean, he ended the year with one sack in his last, what, seven games? And that just, I I believe in analytics. I mean, Moneyball is my favorite baseball movie. Like, I obviously have to have and, some kind and, of. And, and it's, a, it's in my top five. Yeah, right. Baseball so it's movies. like, I, I like math and stuff. Like, I, I like the whole football nerd aspect. But when it comes yeah, to analytics, and I've been saying this since the second week of the season when TJ Watt made phenomenal plays against the Browns. Miles Garrett did almost nothing, but he won more pass rushes, so he had a better game. Analytics should be used to predict the future. Miles Garrett's analytical season tells me that next year he should go out and set the NFL sack record. You know, all the times he he beats these uh, tackles off the blocks, whatever. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're better in the moment. Like it, I've heard like a lot of baseball comparisons. It's like giving the Cy Young to the pitcher who leads the league and expected FIP over the guy who leads in strikeouts, ERA wins and all the other counting See, those stats. Those are stats I like. Right. ERA, win-loss, ERA, whip. Even that one can confuse people, but but like that I mean, one makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> strikeouts per nine innings. Right, like those are all stats that it's like yes, these Opponent are batting quant- average. Right, they they all make <laughs> make sense. Like you know, like yes, there's a lot of analytics say, oh, this guy was lucky or unlucky. That that doesn't mean like the guy with the 4.50 ERA but had like a 2.97 BABIP or whatever. You know, like that that's not how you give out awards in baseball. Uh, I, a Pittsburgh writer said that he like was talking about it, made the comparison that said Miles Garrett led the league in most two strike counts on the year, but you know can't get the strikeout, couldn't can't, finish off the sack. Yeah, right. It's just it's just very very funny. Um, you know, seeing that's, Cleveland that, that fall apart like funny. this. Yeah, right. Oh, I you know, just like all these things, and it's just like yeah, that's where it comes down to. But uh, but what do you say, Ori? Uh, yeah, now they lost, and now they can go back to being a hateable team. Yeah, with Deshaun Watson. With with Watson, because as as Chris Flacco was, <laughs> probably uh, isn't a long term thing. And Flacco, no, I don't know if he retires or just the backup. Right. Or I mean, I I think he proved that he can still sling it. Like he can still yeah. go out there. I'm sure that some team is he at least going to be interested. Yeah, it's such a good six week stretch. Right. No, and if I'm Joe that. Flacco, I'm probably not in a rush to sign somewhere. I probably want to do something similar. Just wait for a job to open up and then go in. You know, why would he want to go through the the whole process of a you know a long training camp and quarterback competition and everything? I think it's probably a good spot for him to be in just until he can't do it anymore. Just be that emergency guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, the the break glass in case of emergency, Flacco, and uh, you know it worked out well for him. So it, it was good, good, uh, good for him. You know, I'm glad that I don't have to see Ravens versus Browns with, you know, Joe Flacco Bowl. Uh, I'm sure Ravens fans are glad they don't have to either because I think Cleveland was Because that could have been an intriguing, low-scoring game that Cleveland could have won. Right, absolutely. So, and I don't think that it's impossible for the Texans to win, especially given that the Ravens, you know, their playoff success, they still got to do it. They still got to win that game. But, um, you know, definitely is a a favorable matchup for Baltimore. Yeah, I don't see it being like week one. Where right, it was like twenty five to nine. Yeah, yeah, the, where the Texans got their ass kicked. Right, and the the Texans are obviously a much better team right now than they were in the beginning of the year when they lost to the Ravens and then the Colts. Yeah, <laughs> and then their own and, two, and it's like, oh great, the Texans aren't probably aren't going to be good this year. But no, like, turn it around immediately after. Turn that. it around immediately after. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, definitely um in, intrigued by the divisional round but i think that you and i are pretty much in similar boats when it comes to picks we're both picking baltimore over houston we're yep. both picking san francisco over green bay yep we're both picking detroit over tampa yep and we're both rooting for a fun game in buffalo kc i mean i almost feel like i gotta be different somehow and just pick the chiefs no like to i, end I the figured Bills. you'd pick the chiefs anyway <laughs> yeah like, even like, though i'm i've been take committed on both teams the mm-hmm. way i feel about both i don't feel good about it i can definitely see kansas city winning it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest the way history has played out with those two teams where right. Mahomes is a winner and he's no always who, beat always who, beat josh who, allen in the playoffs yeah and that too and so now we get to see if it if it can even happen, even not in Arrowhead, and it happens in Buffalo, so that that's by far the most intriguing game for sure. I I do think the other three games are I, I don't know I don't know which which upset 
uh, alert. Besides, like, take out Buffalo, Kansas City. I don't know which team has the best chance of upsetting the other team. I guess Tampa yeah, based say on Tampa's, the spread. Yeah, but and just the fact that Detroit secondary can be exposed. But I don't want to see a nine and eight Tampa <laughs> Bay Bucks without Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game. I, I would, don't want to see that. Say I would love to see them with Baker um, in the I NFC Championship game, but it's like for like a lot of reasons. But it is um, it is interesting looking at the two different sides because at AFC you have. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen, and then rookie sensation CJ Stroud, who's already in like a, the who's conversation. Already, yeah, he's not above those three guys yet, at least. But the fact that he's Isn't can at least be in the conversation, a, right. sort of. Not a whole like, lot. Those guys are in between them. Four studs, right? And then the other side: Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love. Yeah, just like a you got two guys that are like you know with Goff and Mayfield both uh you know revenge like cast offs from former teams. Brock Purdy, Mister Relevant, and then Jordan Love. You know this Aaron Rodgers shadow. Like it's it is just a complete opposite with the two conferences right now when it comes to quarterbacks. And it's great. Yeah, it's it makes it makes it fun. I I think yeah. so. And it is interesting how if the Rams beat the Lions, the NFC Divisional round in 2023 would have been the same as the NFC Divisional round in 2021 with Packers, trying, Niners, try, and then Bucks, Rams, Rams, Bucks, Rams, right? Yeah, when, uh, they beat Tampa uh, on the road. Right, and what's interesting is the three teams who are there two years later, all three of them have a different quarterback than they did just two years ago. <laughs> oh, man. That's true, too. Yeah, no yeah. Jimmy G, no Aaron Rodgers, no Tom Brady. It's now right. Baker, Brock, and Love. It's Yeah, it, it's crazy. It just shows that you know, rebuilds in the NFL aren't really a thing. You can easily turn things around, and a lot of it comes down to the quarterback. If you get that quarterback, it's going to change your fortune right away. If you can't identify a quarterback, that's you end up like the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions going 20, 30 years without a playoff win. So. See, that's that's why the draft intrigues me this year because the Patriots are picking higher than ever right. now, uh, or at least in recent memory. And I would prefer a quarterback, but if they're not going to get Caleb Williams, I, I have to talk myself into other guys. I have to take peop- other people's opinions, whether that's yours or – just looking online at draft experts and what they think mm-hmm. uh, beside, um, on guys besides Caleb Williams. And part of me just wants them to just take Marvin Harrison. No, just take the sure thing wide receiver. Take the sure thing wide receiver and then get the quarterback next year. But at the same time, like we really need to move on and find that next quarterback. And that's the real difference maker, uh, di- difference making position is yeah. the quarterback, of course. Right. I, I think in the end, the Patriots are going to end up with Jaden Daniels just because I think that Jaden Daniels, I, do too. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to put on a show and combine pro day, whatever, and he'll rock it up boards and you'll convince yourself that, you know, he's not that much of a drop off from those other two that are number one overall pick potential. Yeah, I, I, I think Caleb is going one if I had to guess. Although I, I think I said differently two weeks ago when, when Fields <laughs> was getting all these chants, uh, uh-huh. but I don't know if I had to guess. Well, no, he's going number one regardless. It's just a question right. of oh, Chicago. Right. Well, if it's or, Chicago, or, yeah, right. Someone so else he's doing number, up. Or if someone else trades up, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Give him more first rounders. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Caleb Williams will probably go first no matter who picks him. Drake may probably go second to Washington, right? Right. And then, if I had to guess. 
the Patriots. Yep. It could happen. It could. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He he seems tiny, or or not tiny like Bryce Young, but skinny. Yeah. Even though he flashes more, he definitely shows He's... more athletic ability. Right, and it, no, I, I do. I do think Jaden Daniels gonna be really good. I mean, he was awesome this year at LSU. I think he deserved the Heisman Trophy, and you know his defense just let him down. But um, you know, he's definitely not. Is a he sure too much thing. of a runner? I, I know, know Lamar I Jackson's a runner. But he's kind of a exception a little bit, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But I, I guess I just don't know how I feel about it right now. If they're if they would take a running quarterback, he definitely has an arm. Like, he can definitely throw like. You know, he is okay. like, I, I do think Jaden Daniels can be a very good NFL quarterback, but it's also it shows like, you how much, it shows you how much I clearly know. Clearly well, shows how much you, I know no, it's also football. this whole year, like mock drafts have been all over the place after those top two quarterbacks, you know, Shadur right. Sanders was all very high up on, on draft lists. And he's, Sanders he's not going like, he's not declaring anyway, but Michael Penix was a top 10 pick after the Texas game. Now he's not a first rounder right. after Michigan game. I know it's it's just so volatile, but I think in the end, like quarterbacks are always going to be bumped up a lot more. Except yeah, in twenty twenty, Richardson was not Anthony Richardson was in the first round pick at one point, right? And he ended up going fourth overall, right? Right. I know. I say twenty twenty two is the only year. It's just I, you know, that's that's what happens when when you take a quarterback twentieth overall. It it doesn't really work out very often. So. <laughs> I definitely so the don't. One year, the one year where the Steelers needed to take a quarterback. Yeah. The one year where there wasn't there one was to take. No, there were there were no quarterbacks to take. There was no quarterbacks to take. It was very unfortunate. That's why this year it's like I I don't want to just take like the sixth best quarterback in the first round. I'd rather hope to luck into a guy in the. See, that's why I, I don't know how to feel about it. Where I kind of wanted just them to take the surefire number one receiver. Like people really are high on Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, there should be. His name is Marvin Harrison. <laughs> right. I remember him. I remember him with the Colts. Uh, he, he wrecked the Patriots in some games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it would be. Uh, I think it's one of those where you can't necessarily go wrong with him, but you also could be passing on that quarterback and passing on an opportunity to get the quarterback because it's easy to say wait next year, but then you're almost but, implying that you need to have another terrible season to be picking yeah, at the top of the draft. Exactly. So. Which is why I don't. I don't know what to. How to. Th- I don't know what to think of that, which is probably probably means that they're not going to take him, and they probably will take a chance on one of the quarterbacks. Right, right. That's that's what I think is ultimately going to happen here. But who knows? You know, still three more weeks of playoff football to worry about before we start focusing on the draft for you know most of the teams. Well, you can read mock drafts, but we still got football to watch on Saturday and Sunday, and maybe Monday, maybe maybe Tuesday. Who knows what's going to happen in Buffalo? <laughs> so. <laughs> God, uh, I hope that doesn't happen. I I hope not either. I was willing to accept the fact that like, all right, we'll get two games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, same time. Like all right, but don't make it happen for this weekend. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want it to happen every week. <laughs> so anyway, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Gordon Bondi. Thanks everyone. <laughs>